on today's expose. Oh my god, I love it so much. I cannot wait. <laughs> we are talking about David Allen, but he spells it super cool. It's A L L E Y N E. Allen. Yeah. Fancy. Fancy. Um, AKA Prodigy. Oh! Okay. So, this is someone who debuted in New Mutants Volume 2, Number 4 in October 2003, created by Nunzio de Philippus, Christina Weir, and Karen Grant, writer, writer, artist. And he has the power to absorb knowledge from anybody he comes across, which is pretty amazing. He can, and he can mimic the knowledge possessed, so he can like absorb it and use it and retain it forever. Well, let's talk about this a little bit. Okay, first, okay. at first he thought it was only, first it was only like, thought it to be a certain radius, like, and then he can only absorb their information while they're in the area, and then once they left, he lost it. But Emma helped him realize that that was just a limitation he was putting on himself, and so he can actually remember it. This is after M Day, and so he can do all this other stuff. He can actually remember it forever. He's like, oh my gosh, I, it's a wave of um, all this information. I'm so powerful. I'm so smart. Um, he's also super cool to me. That bisexual. <laughs> ah, what a great bisexual, great bisexual black man. He's super cool. Um, and he was dating Surge for a while, and then he thought he was gonna die, so he kissed like Hulkling or something. He's like, I'm bi and whatever, and it's amazing. You know, I did, it feels good to say it out loud. It's like, really cool. So, I love him. <laughs> yeah, and do you know who he's with now? I love it. Do you know who he's with? Who's he with? Speed, Wiccan's brother. Oh, that's right. That's right. I do remember this. That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I knew that. Prodigy's interesting because he kind of like made the jump from X-Men to Avengers like uh, Quicksilver and Wanda did. So, yeah, he's more like an Avengers, like young Avengers character now. Yeah. Super cool. And he's also uh, one of the favorites of one of our listeners, Aaron. Shout out to Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Black bisexual man, Aaron. Hi, yo. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I go. I wanna go. Gene. Gene? Scott! I summon the Arctic winds! No more mutants! I summon the Arctic winds! No more mutants! I summon the Arctic winds! No more mutants! There's always more gators in the mine. Welcome to this week's Solving for X. My name is Sean. I'm the ultimate excavationist. And I'm something of an X-Men myself, Kevin. <laughs> we got that Blanche Devereaux coming out again. <laughs> Every time I say it, it feels like it just deserves that accent. I don't know why. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I did want to call out one of our longtime listeners. Actually, he's been listening to me ever since I started podcasting way back on um, Movie Geek and Proud and Brunch with the Hollowells. 
Um, Because I know he wanted to be on these episodes, but with our scheduling, it kind of threw everything off. Uh, But Ryan Terry, we just want to call you out and thank you for listening. I know you're a huge Storm fan, which is why we had you on Savage Land, Savage Heart. But I just wanted to mention Ryan has started doing reviews, the R.L. Terry Real View, and Real is R-E-E-L. So these past two weeks, he reviewed Beetlejuice the Musical, and he reviewed Killers of the Flower Moon, which is a three and a half fucking hour long movie. And I didn't love it, and neither did he. But um, check out these reviews if you're into movies and occasional musicals. He usually does. Mm-hmm. He only does musicals if it's based on a movie, but that's very rare. Gotcha. I enjoy the Beetlejuice musical. But I don't know. That's just me. I love it. I enjoyed it. I sing from it a lot. I uh, yeah. I thought the music could have been better, and I really yeah. didn't like the first part of Act Two, where like Lydia and Charles are like lost in the nether world. I thought that could have been like a little tighter. But other than that, like I really I enjoyed it. I saw it twice. I've never actually seen it, so I can't really say. Oh, okay, okay. Oops, spoilers. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I listen. I know the soundtrack like crazy. I know all the music, but I never actually seen the musical. Oh, because you know, I it's been, hasn't been around my around here. Yeah, around me. I don't know. Uh-huh. By the way, speaking of movies, uh, I forgot to give my opinion last time, but I watched Butt Boy Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about it on words a little bit too. So tell the people here. Yeah, so sexy exes, Butt Boy is better sounding than it actually is to watch it was kind of slow it had its moments like there were some moments that were so serious but they're talking about a man who sucks people into his butt so you can't help but laughing right. and there's some scenes like why so serious yeah but overall <laughs> i don't know i it's got like a 71 percent. so for being such a stupid movie and for being so high like obviously other people like it more than i did but for me it wasn't my favorite yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I enjoyed Slother House, with though, you. with the killer Sloth killing all the sorority girls. <laughs> there you go. And I, I enjoy the movie Zombievers. <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> <You're> see- <laughs> That's a crazy movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not here to talk about crazy movies. We're here to talk about X-Men. Yeah. Stormfront Part 2. Yeah. Stormfront Part 2. So on our previously on, we asked you, who would you rather have seen Mary Archon? And just like that, the votes are in with 41%. 12 people said Storm. With 59%, 17 people said Thor. And um, apparently everybody <laughs> is deviants just like us because everybody said Thor. <laughs> I mean, it's a no-brainer. That's one of those things that has to be. It has to be. Especially if it's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So Stormfront Part 2, this aired uh, November 9th, 1996, written by Brooks Watchell. So that's kind of interesting to me. A lot of times these Part 2s are written by a different writer. Did you? That is interesting. Did you feel this Part 2, like... Could you tell it was written by a different writer, or did it feel cohesive? I mean, I didn't think about it, but it def it did feel different than the first episode. Okay. Uh, I I wouldn't I didn't think about it being a different writer, but I just thought it was. I mean, I guess it is in the writing, <laughs> <laughs> but 
Yeah. I guess now that I think about it, it is different, but it's nothing that wouldn't have come across unless you mentioned it. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, look, get us started, sir. Cool. All right. Meteors fall past. I can't. Polamachus. Polamachus. <laughs> Polamachus. Thank you. Cause I forgot how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> as we see, the ring of Vernon is as strong as ever. Archon announces to his people a statue as himself with Storm to honor her saving them all. It's like, here's Storm. Worship her like you worship me. <laughs> and I'm like, this is getting creepy obsessed, creepy worship. I didn't like this. Like, get off my ass, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we see a man drop a slab and get punished for it by a robot. Archon announces, celebrations! Wolverine, Cyclops, Beast, and Jubilee watch the announcement from a chamber. Wolverine senses something is off. Storm walks in and assures them that she is fine. I am quite sure of my decision. <laughs> she tells them she's been an X-Men since she was a teenager and nothing has changed. If she stays on Polamicus, pol- 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 <laughs> she can see the difference she has made next to Archon, who she loves, a man that I love. The X-Team agree to go to her wedding. So I thought Storm's speech here even though it was completely misguided, was super beautiful and actually pretty valid. Yeah. Um, based on what she was saying to people. Yeah, and this so. is something I've talked about a lot on Once Upon a Cult because I feel like I've gone through something like this where my bestie, Rachel, was with an archon type guy who I nicknamed yeah. him amongst her friends. I nicknamed him the cult leader because <laughs> I totally yeah. got those vibes from I him. I heard about this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard because you want to support the person you care about. You want them to be happy. But then I understand what it's like being, you know, Cyclops or Wolverine. And like, because I did confront her. You see the signs, the red flags. And like, I confronted her about it once. And that just pushed us apart. So that separated me more from the situation. Luckily, we all got through it okay. But yeah, this this is an interesting lesson that they're bringing into this show for, you know, kids' audience. Yeah, because she's asking the people that she loves the most, the people who she considers her family, to support her and to be happy for her and share her joy, which is a beautiful thing in in one side of it. But when you think about how she's actually being hurt or she can't see that this is something that's not good for her in this time, it's like, how do you approach this in the right ways, you know? You can't. You, it's tr- it's so tricky. It's so tricky. Yeah. <laughs> All right. As Storm tells All the right. team that Archon is a truly great man, we see a ship with robots preparing for war. A scientist tells Archon that they could have solved all of their problems by simply turning off the grid. Archon is preparing to attack their neighboring planet Belgania in order to rebuild. Archon is reminded of the peace treaty with Belgania, but he don't care. He tells his people to show no mercy. What a great man score. <laughs> like, stupid treaties. Burn that treaty. It never it doesn't exist anymore. Okay. So basically, uh, now I forgot how to say it. Pol- pol- Polamachus? Polamachus. Polamachus. Is basically Russia right now. <laughs> They're being Russia. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> See, this is so timely and real. 
Oh my gosh. I know. All the same stupid types of things keep happening over and over. And we're still like, mm, we've learned nothing from this. Let's keep going. <laughs> no. Right. Sadness. Sadness. Back at the dome, Jubali is excited to get to pick new clothes made from real gold. She spins around and runs into a servant, breaking everything. <laughs> the servant lay prone on the ground as Storm begins to laugh <laughs> at Jubilee's blunder. <laughs> no one checks on the servant. The servant suddenly gets up and apologizes profusely. Don't report me. Please, don't report me. And she's like, it was not even your fault. It was her fault, bitch. Like, come on. <laughs> and then like... She's like, I beg of you, don't report me. And the Storm and Jubilee noticed the servant was... Terrified. Yeah, Storm was like, she was terrified. <laughs> I thought this was a weird thing for Storm. Like, the servant just got, like, whammed. And Storm just stands there laughing at he her. Laughs. Like, are you okay? You know? I know right. I know why they... I, like, I didn't see you there. <laughs> yeah. I know why they did it. The writer put that in to show, like, Storm and Jubilee were like very jovial about it, and still the servant was still like, Oh my god, I'm so fucking sorry, right. don't kill me. Right. Yeah. No. Oh, I thought that the music right here was very Phoenix. It sounded like the Phoenix music. Oh, Phoenix music. Yeah. Wolverine and Beast are standing at the base of the new statues, marveling at the growing army. Wolverine doesn't like it. He feels that Storm is suffering from a god complex. This is interesting. This is another thing that's like, whoa, this is a kid's cartoon. And Wolverine's talking about how Storm may be addicted to feeling like a god, like she was uh, revered in Africa. Right. Wolverine talks to a servant, but the servant is punished by a robot. Cyclops tells them all to be on guard. Something ain't right. Um. And what Wolverine says to the guard is so funny. He asks him, like, where can he get a burger and fries on Palamacus? <laughs> it's like, why would they have burgers and fries there? <laughs> it's like, isn't this America? Yeah. Like us? Like, I don't know. Well, and the guard looked kind of, like, excited to talk to Wolverine. So I wonder what he would have said. Like, oh, there's an in and out around the bend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Five. The X-Team watch the attack ships begin to take off. Wolverine moves to intercept, but Cyclops tells him to chill. They're guests here. Wolverine feels like warbirds are always a bad sign. He leads the team to go investigate. They are watched by a human guard looking sus. Yeah, and he like yeah. rubs his chin like, oh, ho, ho, look at what we have here. Whoa. Ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm. What did you think by this guard? Like, were you expecting him to be good or bad? It was, I I was a little confused because he was dressed like a servant, like the servant people, which I, who I know was being, you know, mistreated and being slaves. So I, I wanted to trust him because I knew that his people were being, you know, treated badly, but then I'm like, is he like working for them? Is he like a spy for them? Is he doing this to protect himself? You know, it could could have gone in both those ways. Hmm. So. 
I don't know. I was just, I was curious, but I wasn't leaning one way or the other, but just like, which way? <laughs> Say it again. Which way? Which way? Oh, stop the it. Oh. Ooh. From the dome, Ju- Jubilee and Storm watch as the warbirds head out. Enter Archon. He lies to the ladies and tells them that the ships are heading to Belgania to collect gifts and food for their wedding. <laughs> In comes a servant who does not kneel. Archon uses his shoulder strappy buttons to punish her. Storm begs for Archon to stop torturing her. He reluctantly does. Storm points out the girl was terrified. Archon tells them that as outsiders, you don't understand. Storm tells Archon she refuses to live in a place that tortures people. Archon smooth talks her, though. He's like, yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> I won't do it anymore, baby. Like, we'll work it out. You want to yeah, fuck me? Right. You want to sit on my pole? You want to <laughs> mack with my pole, bitch? <laughs> and pole mamacus. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because she's like, oh, he... It's just, we do not know their ways. I don't know. This is, seems weird to me, but maybe it's okay here. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's okay Get to sh- beat girl. and torture people girl. and electrocute them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I will have to chat with you later, and we'll figure this out together. Well, and to Storm's credit, she mm-hmm. does kind of say, like, this will have to change. So she's vowing to, right. like, be the change that comes to Polamicus, right. but yeah. The Warbirds return from their mission victorious. Wolverine, Cyclops, and Beast watch as slaves are brought in from Bagania. Bagania? Bagania. 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 And separated from their loved ones. Wolverine points out that he was right. Things be shit. <laughs> Our sus guard appears and tells the X-Team to follow him. Wolverine attacks even though he's like, he's got a gun! <laughs> and he's like, get down! Um, he doesn't want to say that, but you know. Uh, Wolverine attacks even though the slave had just killed one of the guards. He's like, and then, yeah, Cyclops is like, hey, Wolverine, chill. He shot that robot. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> he tells them to follow him quickly as they have just set off the alarm. The X team runs as the robots give chase. Ooh. Curious and curious, sir. Yeah. The robots continue their pursuit. Wolverine surmises they probably aren't invited to the bachelor party. <laughs> oh, Wolverine. <laughs> the team locks into battle with the robots. They are joined by... I wasn't sure of the name. Like, I rewound it so many times. I also looked like, scour the internet to try to find this name. The closest I can get is Ventil, I think, is the name of, like... Who is that? The leader of the Bulganian slaves. Oh, okay. So he helps them fight. He asks the X-Team to help free his people. Cyclops orders Wolverine and Beast to save the prisoners. Spoiler alert, they do. The Baganians retreat to the hills. Stop it. Kevin's yawning, no. everybody. Kevin's yawning. Noah, <laughs> Noah, stop. It's okay. I've been so <clears throat> tired today because I got my um, COVID booster and my booster. flu shot. So I'm just like, more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so that must have been why I'm tired. That, that was tired that one day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As Cyclops orders the team to leave, a new wave of robots comes and blocks their exit. 
Von T has a teleport orb and makes an exit portal. The X-Men narrowly escape. Beast has been shot. Van Teel summons the healers to help. Oh, they've got this whole like hidden network thing going on. And I know last episode I mentioned like this kind of giving me a Star Trek. This is where like their outfits and like the whole hidden thing. And I don't know. It just gives me like old timey sci-fi feels. It does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Back at the dome, Storm is speaking to a servant girl. She asks for her opinion on which outfit to wear. The girl gets upset. <laughs> I can't possibly make this decision for you. Why are you talking to me? The manual right. of his... If it were wrong, oh God, what would happen if it was wrong? <laughs> yeah. You cannot put that pressure on me. How dare you? How I mean, dare you, woman? <laughs> the servant runs away. Storm and Jubilee. Discuss the issues of the planet as fireworks go off by the new statues in the distance. Storm explains that she is in love with Archon and has to try to see the good of the planet. She can't just leave. And Jubilee says something really smart right here. This is where she's like, who are you trying to convince? Me or yourself? Yeah. Right. I did like that... uh, while they're talking about this, like the fireworks are going off in front of the statues. Cause I almost feel like this is a good showing of like everything on the surface is great. As long as we ignore what's going on under the surface, right. like it's beautiful. And I gotta say when Archon was talking to Storm and Jubilee that first time, I loved Jubilee's like little head bob. She's like, mm, what? <laughs> like, Oh really? Like she, so she was not taking it. She was, she, she was being very supportive of Storm. She was there for her friend, but she was also um, <laughs> suspicious herself. So she's taking, she's doing both sides, which is great. She's playing it very cool. And you know, when even Jubilee catches on, how stupid yeah. do you have to be? <laughs> yeah, Storm. Yeah, how how brainwashed are you right yeah. now? So we kind of talked about this last episode, but. Is this in character, do you think, for Storm to be this kind of lost over Archon? You know, it feels very strange, but I think she is blinded by something. She saw something in him. She saw, I think she was excited by the prospects of helping people and changing the, making the, you know, cause she was like the weather witch. She was, she helped heal their planet. She wants, to, she wants to make the world a better place here. And she knows that she could be maybe more helpful here than, because she says like, I've been with the X-Men for so long and still nothing has changed. Maybe here I can actually make a difference and make, maybe my efforts will mean something more. And so I think she was excited and blinded by that uh, notion. Yeah, I agree. And I I love that that line was put in by Wolverine saying, like, maybe she has a God complex because those two things together completely, like, give reason for Storm to be kind of blinded right here. Because yeah. if this is going in continuity, I wonder... They never really mentioned it. She was married to T'Challa for a little while. That probably hasn't happened yet in this, though, because that happens later in the comics. But yeah, she was a goddess in... Kenya, so like, was that Kenya? Mm-hmm. In Africa, <laughs> I think it was Kenya. 
Um, that place in Africa. That place in Africa. <laughs> she would get used to a certain type of esteem that she's getting fed here. So, yeah, I think it's more than just a love for Archon. It's a love for what he can right. also give her. Right. Because, really, you can't marry a man you just met. Frozen stuff. here. It's still, like, she's really trusting way too easily with him. Which is, that's that's the part that worries me more than her wanting to stay. Yeah. It's, like, the fact that she seems in love with him. And, like, she didn't really fall for him until she got to Polamicus and saw, like, everything that he could offer to her. Right. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. You're not in love with, love with him. You're in love with what he, is attached to him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his penis. Oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Where are we? His penis. <laughs> Where did that come from? Because that's what's attached to him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that totally went over my head. Stupid. <laughs> 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 Back at the resistance, Beast is being patched up. Scott comes to check on him. Beast tells him he is, he has misgivings about the wedding. He says he is ambivalent, which I love that word, ambivalent. It's one of my favorite words now. Oh. Um, I've been using it for, for like most of this year. And I'm like, yes, I like it. Um, Wolverine offers to talk to Archon, but with his claws. Cyclops makes an astute point that they can't tell Storm to leave Archon. She has to see him for what he is herself and make that decision for herself. Yes. True. Yeah, it's very true because, yeah, it eventually does have to get like you're either it's sad because the two options that are going to happen is you're either going to lose that person to whoever they're with or they're going to see it for themselves and come back to you. And you can only hope for the best in some (laughs) some instances. Cyclops and Ventil gingerly walk through the resistance headquarters. Ventil shows him to a control panel that shows the transmitter that is wreaking havoc on the on their planet. He tells Cyclops that Archon wants to make an even bigger one. Of course he does. Small dick syndrome. <laughs> Cyclops decides yeah. it's time to tell Storm what is actually going on on Pol- Polamicus, which yes. was kind of funny because we had just seen Scott say Storm has to figure out this on her own. And then in the very next right. scene, he's like, I guess it's time to break Storm's heart. I'm like, that lasted long. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like... uh I was like, it's, I guess it's too far gone. We need, she needs to see it now. Like, we can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> things, are, things are heating up. Yeah. All right. Back in his dome, Archon is being apprised of the situation. He finds out the X-Men helped the Resistance free the new slaves. It's like, they freed them before we apprehended them. What's crazy? And then Archon's like, kill them all! Yeah. <laughs> um, the lead guard reminds Archon that the X-Men are Storm's friends. I don't care about her friends! Archon don't care though he orders them to be eliminated regardless of Storm's feelings okay yeah absolutely he's like I'm just gonna lie to her and tell them they died something tragically Uh." yeah they (laughs) choked on a dick (laughs) yeah our burgers and fries here were poison sorry (laughs) poison their burgers and fries (laughs) (laughs) Jubilee and Storm are now in full dinner geesh Jubilee looks at the three empty seats next to her worried Archon senses 
storm and Jubilees, worry and calls for a toast to storm, conqueror of his heart. So this is again like he's he notices she's sad, so let's love bomb her, let's show her that like we love her and she fits here. This is totally like cult vibes. This is once upon a cult all over again, Kevin. <laughs> Archon orders Storm to rise, but she is hesitant. Just then, Cyclops crashes the party with Wolverine and Beast in tow. And, Kevin, we have a oh. You Look Familiar. Oh my goodness. So this is Storm in the show. Look how beautiful she yeah. is. This is Storm in the... Oh, 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 oh. This is Storm in the comic. Oh, very accurate. It's just the comic one is very much more boob than the show one. Because, Kevin, it's a kid's show. Sure. We can't show all that titty. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But, wow. Yeah. I'm very impressed. Pretty accurate. So I'll post the side-by-side <clears throat> on that for everybody. Nice. Okay, me. Okay. Storm demands to know what's going on. Wolverine tells her to ask Archon how he recruits the palace help. Storm finally accepts that. It's like, these are not servants. They are slaves. I'm like, oh, I mean, I guess there's kind of this. Like, what's the, what's the real difference? Like, calling them a servant? I don't know. That's still bad to me, but sure. I know. Even if they're <laughs> servants, treating him the way he does, it's still wrong to treat people that way. So, yeah. So, right. It's so weird. But it's like, how dare you make slaves? Archon tells Storm to, who gives a fuck? This, this is how the, the world has always been. They raided us for a long time, and now it's our turn. So what the hell? Yeah. Like, Borgania used to pick on them, so it's fair. Storm gets mad that she was lied to and throws off her headpiece. It looked to me, the headpiece always kind of reminded me of like little cat ears or something. Yeah. Or like little alien cats. <laughs> I don't know. Um... Archon orders his robots to throw the X-Men in the slave pits. And we had a 90s moment. You got mail. 90s moment. Because Wolverine tells them to check the want ads. I'm like, I don't remember the last time want ads were a thing. Like, it's all online now. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's true. When I was looking for jobs, they were still a thing. And that makes me feel old. You're very so. old. I know. <laughs> uh, Wolverine and Archon decide to lock heads personally. Wolverine is shot in the back by a robot, but Beast comes to his aid. The X-Team begin to close in on Archon when they notice the weather is going crazy. A pissed-off storm is causing an upheaval. Jubilee runs out to beg her to stop. Yeah, yeah, she's giving the speech. Yeah, she's basically like telling Storm, like, you're no better than like the villain right now because you're gonna hurt people in your little pissy yeah. fit. Yeah. Wolverine tells Archon he better go get some of them glowing golf balls if he doesn't want to see his world destroyed. Meanwhile, Jubali pleads with Storm to stop destroying shit, she'll hurt innocent people. Storm suddenly accepts Jubali's cries and stops her madness. Thank you, Jubali. Let's hug. (laughs) With the weather back to normal, Cyclops and the team open a portal and return to E-Arth. 
as Jubilee and Storm are about to leave, Archon shows up and begs Storm to stay. Jubilee bounces. She's over it. Storm tells Archon she can never accept the slavery. She destroys the statues and the machine. Without the machine, the Bogdanians <laughs> can free themselves. Storm tells Archon it is a wedding gift and leaves. That was so satisfying. Just a boss bitch move. Yeah. Like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. And she was she was just going to leave, too. She was leaving, and then he stopped her, and then she's like, oh, let's talk some more. Boom, boom, boom. Bitch, take it. Yep. And then, like, and this makes me, this makes me wonder, too, like, if they continue this story in 97, how would they have, like, taken over? Because they, the, the people that were enslaved outnumber the actual people of the, the, town or whatever oh and so they would take this city back i want you to put a pin in that yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah um back on earth and at the manor storm stares off into the distance jubilee wants to go to her but wolverine tells her she's already done enough jubilee was there for storm when it counted and now storm has to work through the rest herself oh and then we see, like, Archon in the sky. Like, she's thinking of him. Oh, yeah. Right. And I feel like the Belfry is kind of like the Golden Gate Bridge for the X-Men. There's your charmed link. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So just to kind of wrap up, because I kind of went over the first part of the comic last time. So... In the comic, the way this ends is Storm, like, overpowers the machine, fixing the Ring of Vernon. So it's got a lot more of a, like, happy ending. And then, um, so the Ring of Vernon is fixed. There is no marriage proposal. And it is worth mentioning, in the end, Kevin, the X-Guys, so Wolverine, uh, Colossus, Cyclops, and Nightcrawler are wearing the Polamakian clothes and, like... Oh. It has a deep V kind of thing because it's like a robe. And all, oh yeah, I've seen those. You see all their like hairy chests, and it's like. Would you say this was extreme? Expected or X out? Tell me all your feels. Oh my gosh, this is extreme for me. I like the this was had. Such a different feel from last episode because I thought the last episode was super random as hell and like it seemed very light and juvenile in a lot of ways. Mm. Whereas this was so much so deep and so action heavy. Like all the little action sequences in this too are super good. I loved watching Beast Beast about. I loved Cyclops with his blasts. I mean, everybody was doing some great stuff. Um, and like the heaviness in here, the emotional, real world, political residents and all of that stuff it's really great wow okay so. um i said expected i think what kind of ruins it a little for me is like the writing with storm it makes storm look kind of stupid to be like you said nothing yeah. of slavery <laughs> like how did you not notice how did you not know things yeah, were storm wrong? was bothering me a lot like this yeah but then you, you said your friend you know rachel had the same kind of stuff so true it's, it, it happens to the smartest people sometimes. I think especially with Storm being like a black, strong black woman, um, there could have been a deeper connection to slavery. I don't know. I just feel like 
it would have yeah. it should have affected her a lot more and they kind of like blew it off a little so i don't know i think sure. it could have been written different okay um who would you say is the mxp oh my gosh this was so hard for me <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually gonna cheat a lot of this okay 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 well i I want to get to get. I'm thinking Wolverine because he was the one noticing all of the red flags, like seeing like this is not right, this is not right. Are you sure? Like, of course, he was blatantly unsupportive of Storm to begin with, too. Yeah, which kind of dogs him. But then again, like somebody has to say it, right? True. So somebody has to be the person. So I liked Wolverine a lot in this. But then there's the other side of that Jubilee, who was with Storm from the beginning, always has her back. Watching the signs, see, noticing the signs, but also not pushing Storm away, um, and then being able to talk her down at the same time. So Jubilee was really powerful too. Uh, you know, I'm gonna give it to Jubilee this time because when does she ever win anything? So <laughs> <laughs> um, I gave it to Jubilee as well because yeah, for everything you said, like it took her a little while to notice the bad, but she did handle it in her stride. She had a nice learning moment. And then especially because she's the one who talked Storm out of destroying everything. So yeah, great job, yeah. Jubilee. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the X factor? Okay. <laughs> this is my other like shining star favorite <laughs> thing. The X factor is Cyclops. He is such an understanding and capable leader this episode. Um because he was there for Storm, too. He was like, yes, we support you. But then he also was able to assess the situations that Wolverine was laying out for him. He's like, okay, I have to agree with you. This isn't right. Let's follow this through. He, he's, he was very much good at taking note of every little sec- thing that happened and reacting very quickly and admirably and giving the orders and fighting. And so I'm like, Cyclops being a very good leader this episode. <laughs> yeah. And I, is my X Factor. My X Factor, it's similar. Um I feel the whole idea of the X-Men fighting for the outcast, you know, they teamed up with the slaves and did what was right to free them. Like that's always been a theme in X-Men sticking up for the little guy. So I thought that was right. well done here. Mm-hmm. Would you like your previously on question? Okay. Shall we take a pin out of that? All right. So our previously on so, did Storm have a right to destroy the central energy transmitter, changing the Polamakian's way of life? Because you're right, like, it did free the Belganians, but then on the other hand, if that was, like, their source of protection, did they just open up the Polamakians to, like, being taken over now? Like, did Storm have a right to make this decision for them? See, and I always thought that the thing that was protecting them from the ozone, I think I thought that was a lie. I kept thinking that was something he made up, but maybe it's not. Uh, uh, so, because that ring, that was that's what regulated kind of their weather and everything. It kept everything in check and in balance. Yeah, so I think so, what was happening is the CET was like how they were enslaving the Belganians is how I kind of took it, but it was affecting the ring. So he didn't want to destroy the machine, but then if he didn't destroy it, then the ring is going to destroy itself. Right. So, yeah, I think, yes, I think it was, I think it was necessary. It was like, because 
Unless they maybe so they so if the if they they did nothing with the power, um, it would just exist there because it's so confusing to me because like if the thing didn't exist, that was keeping them slaves, but it was destroying the ring. So with the thing destroyed, the ring is full, right? Or is it gone? Okay, the ring is full. Okay, so. I think it, I don't know. For me, it makes sense to keep it that way. I don't know. <laughs> so Storm did have a right to destroy the machine. Yes, after all she was put through, after all she off all the all the deception, like it's time for him to like figure out how he, you know, has to adapt with in the natural state of the universe. Like, don't try to control things that aren't meant to be controlled. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, I thought about this, and I do think she had a right to destroy it because she's taking out a tyrant and a dictator. The thing that is scary is, I guess, trusting to the human condition because it depends on what the Belgenians do. Like, are they going to sure. try to get are revenge? Are they going to get revenge? Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to take pity on the people because, you know, the people didn't do this. It was um, Archon Just who did this. Pretty much one man, yeah. one man and his crew. Yep. So yeah, we've seen this in a lot of war. Like it's it's one person who decides, oh, I'm gonna bomb my neighboring country, or I deserve to take it over. Or, this is my land. So now everybody has to suffer yeah. for this one person. Unfortunately, yeah, it's really it is really sad. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, our next episode, Kevin, is the Fifth Horseman. So, what do you think this one's about? Oh my gosh, are we going to get more apocalypse action again? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's like the fifth Hallowell, but it's the fifth horseman. I wonder what the fifth horseman is. I don't I don't know. Oh my god. I think it's so funny. Of course you'd make that connection, but I was going to bring that up if you didn't, but you did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I'll tell you, you got it. It is about Apocalypse. So we get to kind of see like what happened to Apocalypse after Beyond Good and Evil. Because he like got thrown into the time stream and that's got to have some effects on a person. And he doesn't have the um, the Lazarus Chamber anymore just to heal himself. Right. And mm. we also get our new animation. Yay! New, oh, Oh, God. Okay. I got to prepare myself. This is another episode where I generally remember what it's about, but I don't remember the details. So, like, I know we see a returning villain that you're probably missing a lot. We get to see the kind of horseman. So, yeah, this will be kind of a new ride for both of us. Stop yawning. You're not tired. (laughs) I'm not tired. I'm not tired. Halley Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where can the people find you? Yeah. Yeah. You can find me on my personal Instagram, KGZ87, and find my, the other podcast I do called Words of the Witches. Uh, yeah. We're back with that, covering the Dynamite A Thousand Deaths comics at the moment currently. Yay. Yay. <laughs> cool. And you can find um, my book on Amazon, Witches Brew, A Dream of Waking. <laughs> Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. I want you in my room. We'll see you in my room. <laughs> we'll see you next week. 
Bye, sexy exes. Bye.